Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. And here we are, folks. The brackets are out. The teams have been seeded. Selection Sunday has finished. It's March Madness. The 2018 NCAA tournament is upon us. The Screen the Screener Podcast can't be any more excited. My partner, Gus Kearns, Mike Randall here with you. Gus, it's arrived. I'm going to wiggle this right now as I'm talking. <laughs> That's a bracket, people. <laughs> I am holding on to a bracket while we are doing this podcast. This is the most exciting part of the year. We hope that you enjoyed uh, the Saturday, uh, the previous podcast where we you know, just wish that happy holidays to you during March. Twas the night before Selection Sunday, and now it is here, and now we get to hold on to a bracket and break them down. Uh, screen the screen our college basketball listeners. Thank you so much for tuning, out, tuning in, carving out some time, and giving us part of your Monday after Selection Sunday. You could have been anywhere else on the dial, so thank you for choosing to be here with us, Mike and Gus. And Mike, what do you say? You just want to get into these brackets and dive in a little bit and, and give the people what they want here? I uh, may not sleep for the next 48 hours. We got eggnog. We got Sharpies. We got brackets. Folks, here is the schedule for the week. We're taping this Sunday night. We will give you our rapid reaction bracket uh, rundown. We're going to talk about best matchups. We're going to talk about most impactful players and sleepers from each of the four regions. Then tomorrow night, Monday night, Gus and I will come back. I will give you my predictions. You know I'm on the hunt for the perfect bracket, so you know I will put so much effort into this partner. And I, then, Look, it's the quest. It's a quest. It You're is. You're on a quest. And we will keep coming. We will keep going every year that I am vertical until we get the perfect bracket. <laughs> and Gus will come back on Tuesday night, and he will give his breakdown like we did last year. Gus, you were victorious last year. You had a better bracket than me. I'm looking to even up the score this year, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, good luck with that. That's I'll, not going to happen. I'll try my best, let me tell you. Just All telling right. you right. I'm taking you down big time. Refreshed and replenished. Here we go. Partner, let's start in the South. So yes, South, South region, why don't you give us the matchups you see, things you like, things you don't like. Give us uh, some matchup talk. Best matchups in the South. Matchup I have my eyes on right away, of course, is the Nevada-Texas matchup, the 7-10 matchup on the bottom of the bracket. You want to see if Nevada is healthy. You want to see what Nevada does with an impactful big. This is one of the questions that we've asked of this Wolfpack team the entire season is what do they do when they're they're faced with an impactful difference maker big and Mo Bamba is exactly that. So I think we have two questions. One, is the Wolfpack healthy? Are they ready to roll? Are they ready to make this run that they've been prepping for this entire season? Have they rested up and have their doctors done their miracle work that they did with Caleb Martin's foot early on in the season uh, when he was injured? And can they deal with the big impactful center that will change the dynamic of the game and play at a little bit slower pace and still get the buckets that they need to win. That is the matchup that I'm looking forward to. Mike, what, what is the matchup you're looking forward to here? First one that jumped off the page to me is number six, Miami versus number 11, yeah. Loyola, Chicago. Great call. Great call. Couple things. Bruce Brown has been ruled out of the NCAs because of his foot injury, so he is not coming back. Miami plays at a very slow tempo, tempo, which helps Loyola, Chicago. This game is in Loyola, Chicago's wheelhouse. They couldn't mm-hmm. have asked for a better matchup. The line, Gus, right now now is Miami minus two and a half. I find that laughable. Fishy, fishy. It's a 6-11 game. This is going to be an interesting battle. You look at Loyola Chicago and Ken Palm. They're fantastic effective field goal defense. They're fantastic turnover percentage on defense. Offensive rebounds. They keep teams off the boards. You look at Miami. 
They like to shoot the three. Problem is, Loyola Chicago also likes to defend the three. This is a close game. This is going to be a low-scoring game. And I really like Loyola Chicago here. That's the first one that jumped off the page to me. I think that matchup makes perfect sense. And if you're going to go by Ken Palm numbers, then that line should be even smaller. And I love that's your, that's all I'm going to say about that. And I love your Nevada pick. Also, that is a dream matchup for Nevada. They are playing a team that is injured. They are playing compromised, a team that yeah. is compromised. That is yeah. a great matchup, as is who they could potentially play. Let's go to most impactful players. Who are individual players, Gus, that you see in the South region that you think could make a huge difference? Here's the one. I, I, I I'm just going to go two per bracket. But the first one is it's not crazy that DeAndre Ayton could just win this entire bracket by himself. He could totally dominate every other team that's in this particular bracket as long as he gets enough touches. If Arizona can run the proper offense and get him his touches, and then he gets his normal like offensive rebound thing and all of those things, and then you do his Trier from the from the perimeter and Raleigh Hawkins with his drives and, and Parker Jack and Cartwright doing his thing on the foot, I think DeAndre Ayton could explode inside this bracket. Are you telling me if he's going to play Kentucky? Does Kentucky have anybody to guard him? Uh, you know, all, of all of those stars that we said in the, you know, the preseason uh, podcast, of all those stars, they have anybody that can check him? No. And in fact... Arizona might have the two best players on the floor against Kentucky with Trier and and Aiton. So and and if you're telling me you're gonna look, you're gonna throw Aiton into the Virginia like wheelhouse, what is Virginia gonna do with him? I don't think Virginia's ever faced a player that is so dominant like Aiton. So I think he's the total difference maker player in this in this entire bracket. I think he can blow the whole thing up. And if you're going to look a little bit further for a secondary impactful player, I don't think it's crazy if you're going to take a peek at both. Aldridge and Grady. That's uh, one of mine. Absolutely. From Davidson. Yep. Like, because they're so, playing so efficiently on offense. And the one other thing I'm going to say about this is you love the post game interview from Coach McKillop after they won the championship. He, all he said was, My guys are playing with joy. What else do you want from a coach if your team is not playing joyfully? Like that that's exactly what you're hoping for as a coach of any program on any level, whether it be, you know, Biddy League, like I watched my daughter today and she was playing with joy and putting up big points against, you know, the other first and second graders. And she or, dominated, or, by the way. Dominated. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just just quick aside, uh, she had more points than every other player on the court and she was playing against all boys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like like combined, of all the other players combined. It was awesome. So uh, will will you know will 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 Aldridge have that type of impact? I don't know. We'll see. They do have a tough matchup against uh, uh, Kentucky. You want to see if Kentucky can out athlete them. So that, that, that those are my impactful players. I'll start with Aiton and then go from there. I'll stay with you with Grady. Last time Kellen Grady had single digits was January twenty third. He sprinkled a long time ago. The freshman sprinkled in there in the meantime 39, 30, 28, 26, 23. The kid is a big time scorer. He's another option with Aldridge that Kentucky better be ready for. The other one, I'm gonna go right in your church and in your and in your pew. Cody Martin of Nevada. Cody Martin has taken over since March 1st, the point guard duties. He's been able to play without foul trouble. He's going to have a very winnable game against Texas. And then he is going to be a matchup nightmare, I think, for Cincinnati. Preview. Cody Martin playing point guard and Kellen Grady for Davidson are my two impactful players. 
I, I kind of like where you're going there. Uh, do we want to hit up the sleeper category and hop in the sleeping bag? Sure. What do you got? Who's your sleeper? This matchup is one of those matchups that you kind of hope that would like find itself in March. And guess what? Foster from Creighton is going against his old school of Kansas State. Excellent point. So I'm going to say my sleeper is Creighton totally exploding and Foster going for his. And not necessarily like sh- saying like, see, told you so. But just saying like, hey, I got it right, and I got it right at Creighton. Sorry I couldn't get it right with you guys. So if I'm going to go with a sleeper, not necessarily like a sleeper team that's going to go a long way, but how about a sleeper intriguing game? That's the game. My sleeper, I'm staying with Nevada. I, I look at the top of that bracket. Yeah, I don't. Right. I look at the top part of the bracket, Gus. I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't see Buffalo beating Arizona. I don't see the winner of Creighton K-State. I think it's a great game. I think it's one of the best opening matchups that we have in the entire tournament. I don't see either one of those teams beating UVA. I don't think they play enough defense. So I go to the bottom of the bracket. Loyola, Chicago, Tennessee. Tennessee rebounds well. I like Nevada. I think Nevada can get to the Sweet 16. If they get to the Sweet 16, you're telling me they have to play Miami, Loyola, Chicago, Tennessee, or Wright State. They can beat each and every one of those teams. So sleeper, seven seed, possibly in the Elite Eight. I'll take Nevada. Wow. It is – Yep. Did we did we switch personalities? It's or all listen, Gus. You know it, man. It's all about the matchups. It's it all it's about total. the matchups, and that's what I'm looking at. I didn't like Nevada a week ago. Doesn't matter. I'm looking at the matchups now, man. That's what matters. Absolutely. I love that you do not have a fixed mindset about the certain teams. Once you saw the matchups, well done. Having a well done being mindful with your bracket, Mike Randall. Well done. Gus. All right, you want to head down to you want to head down to the West counterclockwise. Let's do it. Okay, very good. So we're looking for uh, the best matchup that you have in the West. Mike, why don't you head first on this particular bracket? What is the best matchup or the matchup that really caught your eye? You're like, ooh, that one's going to be juicy. What do you got for us? Very simple. Xavier's not making the Sweet 16. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now. They have the winner of Texas Southern, North Carolina Central. I wouldn't sleep on that game at all in right. any way, shape, or form. I know you're going to call me crazy, and you'll find nope, out. Nope. To- can, I, can I jump in for two seconds? Sure. How about Texas Southern wins that? Exactly. That's How what about I'm you have about. Mike Davis, a coach that's yes. been to the NCAA finals? Absolutely. And people are going to say I'm nuts. You'll see tomorrow if I pick it or not. But if they get out of that game, right. you're playing Missouri or Florida State. Florida State with the length to bother Xavier, okay? Or Missouri with Porter now getting a, a game under his belt. I think it's a dangerous game. I'll tell you right now, no way Xavier's making the Sweet 16 out of my bracket. So right off the bat, you want to talk about matchup? It's Xavier's first or second round matchup for me. How about this? How about if they do make it through? Do you know what's going to happen? They're going to lose to Gonzaga. If, if Gonzaga gets through, guess what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. They're going to they're going to be an underdog. Uh, that's quite possible. Yes, that's exactly. I, right. I'm just telling you right now. That's, that's exactly what's going right. to happen. Yep, exactly yeah. right. Yep. Okay, so for my matchup, obviously, I, I think you have to go straight to the five twelve, right? Look why wouldn't it. you yeah. look? Why it. wouldn't you look at uh, Ohio State and South Dakota State? And you have Mike Dom, one of the best players in the country, going up against another one of the best players in the country, and Kate Bates Dia. How? What else do you want from a matchup where you have possibly two, or hopefully, two All-Americans going face-to-face against one another? And then you have South Dakota State with arguably maybe the second best player on the floor, too, with, with, with Jenkins? I don't think that's crazy to, like, throw out there. So I think if you're going to look at your best matchup, that matchup is totally intriguing and totally fits the profile for your 12 upset. Mike, how about your impactful player? Do you have an impactful player that you have here in in this particular bracket? Yeah, if you're going to look at an impactful player, I'm looking directly at Rory Hashimura. 
And I have one other one I'll give to you quickly. But to me, Hashimura, because Gonzaga's got to get to the Sweet 16. I think they're better than all those teams. If they get to the Sweet 16, you are staring at Gonzaga possibly making the Final Four and going back-to-back. I think Rui has to give them a lot. Like you said, I don't think we can expect Perkins to have three fantastic games in a row. The game that he does not play well, Rui Hashimura's got to pick it up. So that's kind of my focus guy in the bottom of the bracket. How about Mm -hmm. Rob Gray? Ooh. How about Rob Gray against a yep. tough San Diego State team and then potentially against the Wolverine team that certainly can, has been playing better defense, but he's got to be fearless and he's got to run the ship for Houston. So I think Rob Gray is a critical person in terms of if he plays well or if he plays poorly, Houston could win two games or lose in the opening round. I totally total agreement with you there, especially with San Diego State playing as efficiently yep. and as well as they have uh, coming out of the Mountain West. As far as impactful player... I think we're just going to go right to the 8-9 game. Why wouldn't you want to pay attention to Michael Porter Jr.? I'm so excited that he is back and in the fold. I don't think Florida State is going to know what in the world to do with him. They're probably game planning and watching that one singular game tape that is the only evidence of Porter Jr. Uh, uh, playing this entire season and trying to like break that down, even though he didn't shoot super efficiently from the field. I can tell you right now, I can see him having a go-off game here and just absolutely dominating that and then moving on to play Xavier in the second round. So Michael Porter Jr. is my impact player on the top of the bracket. And on the bottom of the bracket, how about if we take a look at Luke May? Why wouldn't we want to champion Luke May and just have him do his thing efficiently and sneak North Carolina into the Sweet 16? The dude's been playing at an All-American level all year. He's been kind of ignored later on in the season. But let's take a moment right here and just say, like, hey – Luke May, you're the best player on a number two seed in this in this tournament. And guess what? You're probably going to have your team sneak into the Sweet 16 because you're playing so efficiently. What about sleepers? Who do you like for a sleeper here? Oh, that's a great question. You know who I like for a sleeper team? We just mentioned it before, San Diego State. I, I, I love the hot team coming in that's a little bit under the radar. Um, you know, Houston has like the, the impactful wow player in gray. But San Diego State does have talent all over the floor, like we mentioned on the podcast previously. So if I'm going to take a sleeper, and it's not crazy if they get matched up against Michigan, that Michigan might be kind of looking themselves in the mirror if they see San Diego State in the next round. They have they match up with them in pretty much every position. Pope can match up with, with Wagner. They can match up in the backcourt with Kell and Matthews. They can match up at the point guard position. Uh, they can match up on the wing position as well uh, with McDaniels and, and, and Robinson. I, I feel like they might be looking themselves in the mirror and being like, hmm, what do we do with this team? Oh, wait, this, this team is us. So I think that's our sleeper team as far as the West bracket goes. I would love to tell you Texas A&M because if you just look on paper, they're the type of team that can give UNC a heck of a lot of trouble. And I don't totally. think, and I don't think there are many teams in that group of eight that can give North Carolina a lot of trouble. And that includes my Wolverines, who have been right. hot, by the way. UNC has a pretty easy run there to the Elite Eight potentially. The problem is I don't know if I'm going to predict Texas A&M over Providence. So I can't go there. I'm going to stay with what I told you, Sleeper. The winner of Missouri-Florida State, if by some stroke of fate they're playing Texas Southern or if they're playing Xavier, I think either of those teams could be a major, major sleeper. Uh, Good call on both of those, especially – I think the Porter element to this whole tournament is completely intriguing. Yep. I, I, I think a lot of eyes are going to go on that game to see what happens in that. And I'm not sure that Florida State's going to know what to do with them, so I think it's a great call. And before we get to the last two regions – Folks, we get asked all the time, Gus and I, about who we like, 
the lines, Vegas lines. We do hashtag SDS lines as well. Who's going to win the games? Where are the underdogs? What's going on? But we also get asked where we're going to bet. And folks, where you're going to bet is more important than who you're going to bet on. So that's why we always tell you to go to mybookie.ag. And this is very important because there is a special now for Screen the Screener podcast listeners. At mybookie.ag, sign up for an account, type in the promo code SDS. That's right. Type in the promo code SDS and you will get a 100% cash bonus. That means on your first deposit, you will get 100% of that back. Deposit $50, they give you an extra $50. Deposit $100, they give you an extra $100. Deposit $500, they give you $500. 100% bonus as long as you use the promo code SDS. You guys know who's going to win. You think you can beat Gus and I. You think you know it better than we do. Great. Prove it. Lay down some cash and win big today at mybookie.ag. We wouldn't recommend this service to anyone if we didn't use it ourselves and it wasn't good to us and it's been great to us and it can be great to you. We're urging you to go to mybookie, use the promo code SDS for up to 100% cash bonus. They have live in-game wagering, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now. Get the 100% bonus, promo code SDS. Visit MyBookie today. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. You want to swing around to the Midwest now? What do you got, partner? Midwest, best matchups you see there in the Midwest. What do you got? All right. I think this has been uh, talked about on previous uh, podcasts and other outlets. I'll tell you right now, I love the matchup. Number four, Auburn and College of Charleston, number 13. I love the college here. It's a good call. I think Charleston has players that match up actually perfectly with Auburn. Neither one of the teams has a gigantic big. They are both talented on the perimeter at the point guard, shooting guard, and small forward position. So I think much like, you know, we, we talked about how San Diego State might be looking in the mirror when they face Michigan. I don't think this Auburn team is going to, like, totally outclass this College of Charleston Excellent team. So I, I'm going to say give me College of Charleston in the 4-13 upset here. I think this might be the best matchup in this particular bracket. You know one of the play-in winners is going to advance the 11 seeds. It's happened uh-huh. every single year. So whether it's St. Bonaventure UCLA in the East, which we'll do in a minute, or right. Arizona State Syracuse against TCU, you got to pick one of those. So – Right now, I'm leaning towards the other one in the East, to be honest, Gus. But that's certainly a game that I think you have to watch. The other one that jumps off the page, of course, I hated Clemson. I didn't like when Grantham went down. And now they're playing your New Mexico State team with Jamaria Jones. And it's a 5-12 game. Get out of town. So that's one I'm really looking hard at. I think those are two Bravo, Mike Randall. Well played. Excellent. Two excellent matchups. Right now, it's Clemson minus 5.5. I'll tell you right now, take those points. Uh, yeah, I think we'll take a closer look at that as uh, as things get closer. But if you were going to take a look at Ken Palm, I, 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 I don't know. Like that seem that number seems okay, but um, maybe things will get a little bit tighter as we get closer to that game. Uh, how about impactful player, Mike? Do you have an impactful player 
in the Midwest that you're going to pay attention to that you think can make a big difference and make, help their team make a run, maybe win a game or advance to the Sweet 16? Yeah, I don't see any way that Oklahoma beats URI. I expect URI to right the ship. I know Oklahoma Big 12 and all that other stuff, but URI did well last year, remember, and they almost mm-hmm. beat Oregon. So I expect them to beat Oklahoma, which means Jared Terrell could absolutely light up Duke because we know it's Ook. I put a couple tweets out there. I don't think they're going to lock down Jared Terrell, so he could have easily back-to-back 50 total points there between those two games. He's a guy I'm looking at. And then if you go in the top part of the bracket, I think you know who I'm picking with North Carolina State versus Seton Hall, okay? And the winner of that game could absolutely be Kansas. Kansas has been very up and down. No doubt. So yeah. how about Ormir Yurt 7? How about that? How about the big guy stepping wow. out? How about the big guy stepping out against a Kansas team that may not have Azubuki back? In the 8-9 game. If, I mean, if Ali Farouk Manesh can do it, why can't Omar Yurt 7? Okay? Those are my that's, players. Uh, so that that's hilarious that you mentioned that because I was talking with our uh, friend, a former college athlete at Seton Hall, Paul, recently this evening. And we were talking about that particular pod of the Midwest bracket and being a former student athlete at Seton Hall. He's like, hey, do my Pirates have any chance here? And I'm like... I, I don't see why not. It's not like Kansas is like the most intimidating one seed if they don't have Azabuki. So I'm going to go the other way as far as impactful player goes. I'm going to go Angel Delgado. Oh, my God. How are you? Do- <laughs> I've been, they've been so I, I I know we didn't script this particular part, but that's exactly who I had circled for this section. Uh, you are, you're on the Titanic. You're like in the window there as the ship's going down. <laughs> I, I might get be. it. I get it. I might be, but I, I'm going to call for I'm going to call for Angel Delgado outplaying Yurtsen and 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 Seton Hall moving on and then having an actual chance against Kansas. And we're praying, you know, crossing our fingers that Desi Rodriguez is healthy as well. And if you go to the bottom of the bracket, I think it's not crazy that you pay attention to Zach Thomas and maybe that Bucknell Michigan State game is a little bit closer than you think. Zach Thomas is not going to get outclassed. I think he's going to bang around with the bigs that Michigan State has and not be really intimidated. And I think this game for Bucknell and Zach Thomas is very similar to Vermont and Taylor Coppenrath a bunch of years back where he can make himself a lot of money if he shows up big time against Michigan State and those NBA quality bigs. So give me uh, Zach Thomas playing well uh, in the 314 game for the Bison. Who's your sleeper? Who are your sleepers here? Listen, my sleeper is Charleston. There's no there's no secret here. I, I, I think that they can win a game. And then you mentioned the Clemson-New Mexico State. Imagine if we have a 12-13 matchup there. Are you telling me that Charleston couldn't find their – or New Mexico State sure, couldn't sure. find their way in the Sweet 16? I think that's like the you know the the, the little blow up pod that you're looking for. Um, so give me the College of Charleston as my sleeper. I am invested in them. I think it's a winnable first round game, and depending on what happens on the game above them in the bracket, I think they could even advance to the Sweet 16. That's funny. I, I see Michigan State with a layup here to the Sweet 16 and probably beyond. I think that's a very easy draw. Sure, the winner of Arizona State Syracuse could beat DC, TCU, but I don't see any of those three teams beat Michigan State, and I certainly don't see them losing to Bucknell. If you're going to go to the top, you want me to go a sleeper? I, I like the NC State pick over Kansas. We'll see how Kansas does, but certainly the 8-9 game is frisky. On the bottom, I told you URI. I know Duke is big inside and they hit the boards, but URI fought Oregon last year who was big inside so let's see how they do there yeah good point they had bell inside yeah no boucher but yeah they did right. they did play them live and they i mean they were a lot that was a final possession game final possession game yeah deep three by um dorsey by by dorsey yeah dorsey top of the caves a deep one that's the one that, that put him over last bracket partner east look at you got oh. abundance of matchups there very interesting bracket the east here where's your best matchups that you like listen i think the best matchup is just the playing game 
I think St. Bonnie's and yep. UCLA is is, is a very live game. Yep. And then when you have that mat that winner matched up against Florida, wow. I mean, that's a high quality that like that's a sweet sixteen game right there, no? Yeah. Like, very good. So I think first off, let's break down the St. Bonnie's UCLA. UCLA does have more major talent or maybe more well more well recruited talent on their roster. But this St. Bonnie's team isn't scared of anybody, and they've showed that all year. Now that Jalen Adams is healthy, they're playing with a total attitude. They're playing with such an attitude, they held out one of their best players in a crucial game because they felt like they still had an in in the tournament and we're going to get in and weren't, weren't worried with the result of that particular game so they could make a run in the tournament. So they have a little chip on their shoulder. And we mentioned before on the podcast how uh, Coach Alford does nothing but like you know get his team and win in advance in the NCAA tournament and live in the Sweet 16. So you want to see what happens with that matchup. And then Florida, you know, Florida is one of those most one of the most intriguing teams in this whole entire bracket because early on in the season, you know, we have them ranked inside the top 10 uh, nationally, and they, you know they don't hit their threes, and then they, you know, they, they were everybody's down on them, and and now they look like one of the best teams in the SEC. And who knows, maybe they can make a Final Four. So I feel like that's the matchup that I'm looking forward to. Not only the winner of St. Bonnie's and UCLA, but then what are they going to do with Florida when they get matched up? No, I'm, I, you nailed the part, and I'll agree with you. St. Bonaventure, UCLA, the winner is absolutely destroying Florida. Absolutely going to be Florida. Florida's been up and down the whole year. They, they could be off in their threes. The winner, you got Holiday there, who I told you is the second coming of Jesus. You got St. Bonaventure with okay. Adams and Mobley, but they're banged up a little bit. Folks, pick the winner of the 11 playing game and then put him past Florida. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Eric Fawcett. All of our friends, that is not what you wanted to see. They have no size inside Florida. They can be great or they can be terrible. And the fact that they're playing against uh, the playing game, I don't like at all. So how about for an impactful player? And you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to steal a page from your book. I'm going to call for the impactful player in this region to be Isaac Haas from Purdue. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Here's why. First round matchup, I don't think that's going to be any issue for Purdue. I bet it's a little close in the first half, but I bet Purdue pulls away in the second half. Whoever's going to advance between Butler and Arkansas, let's say Arkansas advances. Arkansas does have a talent NBA big, uh, but I think he's going to have hands, his hands full with Haas. Then let's move it forward. You said that Florida's going to have trouble with the St. Bonnie's, UCLA uh, matchup, Texas Tech, Stephen F. Austin, so on and so on. The biggest big that they're going to face is probably going to be Thomas Welch. Are you telling me Haas is not going to match up well with Thomas Welch? It seems like that Haas could be the X factor for the Purdue Boilermakers to get all the way to the Elite Eight without much of a hiccup at all. So uh, so Haas for Purdue is my uh, difference maker player, impact player in the East region. Who do you got? Well, I'm going to stay with Keenan Evans. It's very interesting. They put Texas Tech mm. for Stephen F. Austin in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. So that's going to be a well-attended game. I do expect Texas Tech to go through. People are saying that Stephen F. Austin could get them. I don't see it. They'll be rested. They got Zach Smith back. They got size inside. They should have been a one seed if they were healthy all year. I think they roll. And I certainly think they beat the next team, whoever comes through. So I see Keenan Evans. I see Texas Tech and Purdue playing. I understand what you're saying about Purdue. I'll tell you this. If Butler beats Arkansas, you're going to roll Butler. I understand Indiana, the whole thing. I'm not buying it. They're not losing a Butler. Arkansas is a problem. They are a problem. I I totally agree with that. 
They, they got ca- talent on the perimeter. I'm with you. They caused a problem against North Carolina last year and had him down 10 with about three minutes left, if I remember that correctly. Gafford's yep. an issue inside. He can battle Haas. He can neutralize Haas. There were not many teams. We saw John Beeline struggle with it that can neutralize Isaac Haas inside. I hope Vince Edwards is healthy for you, but I'm going to go Keenan Evans because I see a way that Texas Tech can make the Final Four. I think Villanova's got a layup there. I don't see them struggling with Sexton or Virginia Tech. And I think the West Virginia... Wichita winner, I, I don't see them. You know, I would have loved Wichita two weeks ago in this bracket, but not anymore. So I think Keenan Evans is the type of player who can single-handedly carry Texas Tech to the Final Four. Not saying I'm going to predict it that way. I just right. think he's the most valuable, put it that way. You know, what? when I took a look at the brackets, I was struggling on what to do with Keenan Evans now that he's healthy in this particular bracket. I I, I totally went with the matchup. Like, who do I like better, Carson Edwards or, or, or Keenan Evans? And I, I, I lent sl- slightly, slightly in the direction of Carson Edwards. So I, I I see where you were going there, but I'm going to disagree with you and, and go the complete opposite way and say Purdue is going to maybe be the per- team that uh, Villanova faces in, uh, in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. Do you have a sleeper team for people in this bracket, Mike? What, who, what team is kind of like talking to you that maybe nobody else is talking about in the East bracket? Sure. How about Murray State in a 5-12 game against West Virginia? How about Jonathan right. Stark going up against Murray Press good. Virginia? How about West Virginia having one of these terrible games where they can't make a shot? How about that one in the 5-12 game? And then go to the bottom, talked about it already. How about Arkansas beating Butler and then going against Purdue and giving them all they can handle? Those are the two that, that jump off to me. What about you? Why not ride the hot hand? Why not ride Alabama? Alabama's going to have the best player on the floor versus Virginia Tech. They might have the two best players on the floor. And then when they face Villanova, are you going to argue with me and tell me that you think that Colin Sexton isn't that much better than Jalen Brunson? They might be playing a team, the number one seed, with the better player on the floor. I think that's kind of outrageous, but also true. So I think Alabama is a legit sleeper. They match up athletically with pretty much everybody that they're going to ma- they're going to run into, especially Virginia Tech. So I think Alabama as the nine seed is a unique sleeper here. And then if I take a team from the bottom, I- I'm going to agree with you as far as Arkansas goes. You know, you mentioned Gafford before as a talented big. He's on NBA radars, and they do have uh, talent on the perimeter with that three guard alignment. So I think if they can play disciplined enough and not have this crazy, I'm going to jack like a 25-footer early in the shot clock type situation and get a couple turnovers, if they can play disciplined, then Arkansas is very dangerous. I like the Alabama thought. The only thing is they have lost one, two, three, four, five, six of their last eight. The key is if you told me that was a John Petty on game for them, which he hasn't had for quite some time. Yes, he did make five threes against Kentucky. They were blown out. Okay. But before mm-hmm. that, he's gone five, zero, seven, three, 14 in a loss to Arkansas and three. If John Petty has one of those five, six, three point games, you know, Sexton will show up. That has to happen. If Petty has single digits, they ain't beaten Villanova. But I, I like that. I just, I think you need a big John Petty game. I agree. There needs to be a Robin. There needs to be a sidecar. There needs to be some help. But if you're going to tell me that, like, okay, hey, you know what? You have a coach with NBA experience and you have the best player on the floor who's going to be a top 10 NBA pick. Okay, that sounds good. That's a good place to start. Uh, Do you need some other things to happen? Like you mentioned, like Petty uh, getting hot from outside, maybe Hall uh, limiting their inside activity, Uh, you know, maybe um, uh, Key uh, doing some things on the the defensive end to limit uh, DiVincenzo. Yeah, sure, of course. But at the same time, if you're going to start the equation with best player on the floor, I think that's a good place to start. 
Uh, he's been absolutely amazing. That is a great rundown, partner. Anything else that jumped off the page at you? General thoughts? Anything that you're you're looking at here? How many of these one seeds you think are making it through? How about that? I think at the most, there's only two one seeds that will make it through to the Final Four. If you the get, most. You gave me over under one and a half. I'll take the under. I agree with you. I'll, th- I'll take the under as well. Yep. yep. You know what? I would definitely take the under. How about that? Five twelve matchups really quick. Which one do you think out of Kentucky, Davidson, West Virginia, Murray State, Clemson, New Mexico State, or Ohio State, South Dakota State, which one do you think is the most likely to happen? I think the New Mexico State-Clemson 5-12 matchup is not only going to be trendy, but I think it's going to be correct. Okay. I think it's going to be correct for a number of reasons. Number one, we've talked about Clemson's injury issues. Clemson is limited offensively because there's no, uh, they don't have Grantham at their disposal, which is a uh, you know valuable swing big man. They match up unbelievably well with New Mexico as far as size-wise. And I'm not even kidding. I think New Mexico State might have more impactful players coming off their bench uh, than Clemson does. So give me New Mexico State as the most likely 5-12 upset. Closest two-seed game? UNC, Limscombe, Duke, Iona, Purdue, Cal State, Fullerton, Cincinnati, Georgia State. North Carolina, Limscombe. Here's why. Wow. We've seen we've seen this script before with Wofford. Good at point. Their home That's court. an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Limscombe has a has a 20 point scorer on their roster. They play unbelievably efficient offensively. North Carolina is not the most like efficient team guarding, uh, although their numbers do say otherwise. Uh, they are like, you know, top 40 as far as Ken Palm uh, uh, defensive efficiency numbers go. But, I mean, they want to get up and down. And guess what? Limpskin wants to get up and down and shoot threes too. So I think if you're going to take a look at like what game is going to be closest in the first half, I think it's going to be North Carolina Limpscomb, no doubt. Yeah, I like Cincinnati. Like, no brainer. Yeah, I think Cincinnati, Georgia State is going to be close. I don't see any of these two seeds losing. I, I wish it was Texas Arlington. I like the Hervey Neal going against Cincinnati a lot better than Georgia State. I don't think any of them lose. I just think Cincinnati by pace of play will keep the game close. But I, I, I totally agree with that yeah. sentiment. I think that that will also be a close game in the first half as yeah, well. Yeah, same thing. All right, partner. There we go. Brackets are out. Selection Sunday. We got the teams in. We're rolling, baby. Listeners, thank you so much for carving out some time. Listen, uh, please give the podcast a follow on Twitter sds podcast efficiency of keystrokes of course love interacting with you guys that way uh if you'd like to get in contact with the show via email and you choose that as your mode of communication please do sds podcast at gmail.com mike and i will make sure to check all of our emails uh, later on this week and and get back to everybody that's emailed the show so thank you for doing that uh, please give mike a follow on twitter as well at randall rant he is both insightful and entertaining and if you're looking for a little more screen to screen or in print you can do that via mike's site randallrant.com and uh in there you'll find his short corner and you can access the rest of the screen the screener college basketball podcasts from previous this season if you're looking to do like some sort of like binge listen this week to get yourself ready for the thursday tip-off we totally understand that and if you really like what you're listening to help us on our quest Mike Randall mentioned before he's on the quest for the perfect bracket. The Screen to Screener College Basketball Podcast is on the quest for triple digits in Apple, iTunes, and podcast reviews. We are in the 80s right now. Help us get there. Go hit a punch, punch up a couple of stars for us. 
Five stars would be amazing. If you want to type in a review and, and you know hit a couple keystrokes of of why you like the podcast so much, do that as well. We'd really appreciate that. So so please take those avenues to communicate with the podcast. We'd appreciate it, and we'll, uh, of course you know we'll 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 communicate back and 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 return the favor that you've done on your end. So thank you for giving us a part of your week, and we're totally looking forward to sharing the rest of the week with you guys. As they say on those rides that you go on, like Great Adventure, one of those parks, they say a bunch of things that you can't understand, and the last thing you can hear is the person over the loudspeaker going, please enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, folks. March Madness is here. Here we go. We'll see you tomorrow night. 